Today's guest is Hong Nu. He is the CEO of Nusologic. Um, he's worked at HP, Broadcom, and other startups. He has 14 patents. He has four pending patents. Uh, he, uh, his company was named uh, Startup of the Year in the Smart City category by StartupCity.com. Uh, he's partnered with Google on his smart access and smart medication adherence platforms, and he is definitely one of the smartest people I've met in a long time. Hardworking. <laughs> okay, hardworking. Um, yeah, thanks for being here today. Thanks for being on the podcast and uh, for YouTube also. We're on YouTube too. Uh, you can see sort of an assortment of some of the products here uh, that he uh, and his team have created. There's, uh, uh, and correct me if I call these any of the wrong thing um, or if there's a better name for it, like the video doorbell tag, the hand hygiene system. Um, the Open Me Pill Bottle, uh, the Paw Tag, which was named uh, Consumer Technology Association, one of one of the 10 best gifts for Mother's Day in 2019. Um, talk about some of these products that you have. There's there's a lot here, which if, if you're listening on your, um, on the, uh, the audio version of this, you should check out the YouTube video too, because you'll get a sense of like how many products there are. It's really interesting. But like, what do you feel like is the, is like sort of the flagship product that you guys have right now? It's very hard to, to, okay. to it's very hard to tell. <laughs> we are uh, moving forward with three prongs okay. of our products. But before I talk about the specific of my okay. products, I have to tell, uh, what we are doing first. Okay, sure. We are an IoT Internet of Things uh, company, okay. and IoT covers a very, very large number of applications and, and, and markets. That's why you can see a lot of uh, different uh, gadgets here. Okay, and our mission is to use wireless sensors to put on existing standalone devices, just like your regular traditional doorbell or a regular pill bottle or pill box, or your, just your deadbolt lock in front of your house or your garage. By putting wireless sensors on these, we convert them into cloud-connected uh, and, uh, uh, and smart devices. And from these sensors, we collect data to provide unique insights or intelligence on what we call the four Ws, who, what, where, and when. Okay, and so these become very smart devices. And nowadays, everything is smart. Smart homes, smartphones, smart cars, smart city. So uh, that, I think, is the, the word smart has been overused too much. So that's why we came up with the word news, news logic. News in English, it's not that popular a word, but it means pre uh, intelligence or smart. Um, I have some of my questions here. I'll just sort of like reference this occasionally. Uh, so you're talking about that a lot of these products are smart products, but what's the benefit to this? I mean, obviously you, you have uh, like, for instance, the pill bottle, that's, there's a lot of uses for that. I mean, like we were talking about before we started this, it's like, that would be helpful for me because like, I can't even remember that. Um, but what are some, what are some uses uh, that would sort of be atypical, I guess, or things that would that people wouldn't necessarily think that it would be beneficial to have like smart technology embedded in that. Right. Uh, if you are in the medical field, medication uh, uh, adherence is a major problem. Okay, people have to go back to the hospital because they didn't follow the doctor's prescription and take the medicine or take them on time. Okay, so. Uh, 
with nowadays technologies to have sensors on these regular pill boxes or uh, pill bottles, we can monitor whether the right medication was taken at the right time or not. Okay, uh, and that via collecting such data, you will uh, the doctors or the caregivers from afar, or the family members in particular, to to have peace of mind knowing that uh, your loved ones, uh, elderly uh, loved ones, uh, take the medicine on time. So one of the things too, as I was doing research for this, I and we talked about it before too, is the like hand sanitizer. Oh yes, since they talk about that a little bit, that's really okay. interesting. Before I talk about it, I'm very glad to share with you that uh, this coming um, uh, week, I'm going to work with the Connecticut Children's Hospital to install and uh, pilot our hand hygiene uh, system. Yes. Basically, again, it's to put wireless sensors on existing sanitizer dispenser uh, and also on the staff's uh, ID badge. Okay, uh, there again, it's to monitor who, what, where, and when uh, in the following way. Um, the staff, the nurses, or, or, or the doctors uh, wear a, an ID badge. I don't have it here, but basically it emits a beacon signal to identify who that person is. Okay, he walks into a patient room. Okay, this is basically to try to contain the HAI, uh, hospital acquired infections. Okay, um, the, uh, they are required to use the sanitizer dispenser upon entering and upon exiting the patient room uh, to, to, you know, to, to contain the spread of infectious disease. So the moment he arrives at the patient room, we have a, we call it a location hub to indicate which patient he has entered. And that's basically a receiver sitting there listening to the beacon signals from the, 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 the staff's ID badge, okay? The moment that uh, the receiver detects his presence, then there's a, like a timer to count down 30 seconds to give that person the chance to activate the sanitizer dispenser. So we put another sensor on the, uh, just a mechanical opti uh, optical dispenser there to, to detect the presence of his, his hand, okay? And then without such um, activity or without detecting his hand, then the location hub will uh, emit the, a beeping tone to, to remind the person, okay? So all these activities are timestamped and uh, uploaded to our cloud server to create a dashboard to show who is not complying and when and in which room. Uh, so all those activities are uploaded via another, the fourth component is a, is a, a basically it's a gateway. We call it communication hub, but it's a gateway, Wi-Fi gateway. Okay. So that's how the, the, we call it the hand hygiene monitoring platform works. But the interesting thing is using the same exact infrastructure in the hospital, instead of putting the, the ID uh, beacons on the person, you can put it on the staff, you can put it on an asset. And that infrastructure will become a asset tracking. It will provide asset tracking service. Similarly, if you put it on the patient, then you can monitor where he is in the, in the uh, hospitals, which department is in, and if the queue is long there, then in real time, the manager can, can send more staff to that particular department. So. so let's shift away a little bit from like product and talk about like business. So I read that you initially got funding using like crowdfunding, right? right? Yes. Um, so talk a little bit about that. What were some things that you, 
first of all, how long ago did that happen? One was in 2014, the other was 2016, so, Okay, uh, quite some time ago. And so give some people, one of the ideas behind this podcast is to sort of give people some information uh, who are thinking about starting a business or like entrepreneurial people. What are some things that you discovered by going through that process that you didn't necessarily know at the time? Okay. Um, marketing costs is, is very, very expensive, okay? So I think to, uh, to be successful, first you have to have a team to execute, to, to, to uh, come out with a product, uh, not MVP, a minimum viable product, but a little bit more than that so, can, so you can attract uh, some investors and, 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 uh, and uh, hopefully buyers, okay? But the second thing is to amplify you know, your, your products. And to amplify it costs a lot of money. So crowdfunding like Kickstarter and or Indiegogo did help in the past when they first came out. But uh, lately it has not, uh, uh, it is not uh, as good a mechanism to help you with the, uh, with the amplifying, amplification of your product uh, marketing uh, as much as in the past. And also, uh, to be really successful on Kickstarter or Indiegogo, you also have to spend some marketing uh, money ahead of time to create the buzz so that when you launch it, people already start to, 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 uh, to know about it and then uh, hopefully will we'll back you on the crowdfunding campaign. Otherwise, if you start uh, uh, marketing a little bit late, then it won't be in sync with when you launch the Kickstarter program. It has to be ahead of time. So uh, what I learned is that uh, R&D is one thing, but marketing costs. Uh, <laughs> so I appreciate your help in the, you know, uh, sharing this. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, talk about the, the, like, upward laps and what that is and sort of, like, how you became involved with that. Yeah. This is a very interesting uh, program. I came from, uh, we are based out in California. There are a lot of accelerators, okay? Uh, but I told Shanna this is the second accelerator I applied to because it's uh, very interesting. It's not teaching you or training you from the basic, like writing business plan and all that, or attracting uh, um, uh, VCs, uh, but it's about piloting it. You have to have real product, and because the program is only six months, and you are going to pilot it and test on on live people, or in my case, uh, to, in real hospital, and and also uh, uh, in this building, the, uh, the smart locks that I will talk about next. You really have a real product to to start piloting here. So it's uh, uh, that's what is um, very interesting about uh, Upward Labs, and the second thing is it has everything I need because it has two categories smart buildings and aged care All right. and I have two um, you know like I mentioned earlier I have three prongs right. okay um, one is for smart lock and smart access basically smart access okay. for for smart buildings the second one is for like pill box pill bottle and our our gateway hub here to monitor all the uh, the health activities of the elderly at home and the third prong is the for hospital products like I mentioned the asset tracking or our hand hygiene so this upward labs provides both tracks that uh, that's why we found that to be a perfect fit yeah it sounds like it <laughs> okay let's see 
So which of these products do you think will, could and will have the biggest impact? Um, you want to start with a low-hanging fruit or a sophisticated okay, one, a very complex? The <laughs> okay. Having been with Hewlett-Packard and Broadcom, I've been going through four phases of products that are very disruptive, and it took me for those some from five to nine years to wait from the time we, we conceptualize it and then start the architecture and design the chip and then manufacture it until it reached like Comcast or, or AT&T or Microsoft. It could take nine years. Okay, so those are very sophisticated uh, um, products. Likewise, that's why we have the hand hygiene monitoring platform that uh, requires a lot of different uh, know-hows and IPs, uh, from wireless sensors, uh, low power sensors, to Bluetooth, to Bluetooth mesh and Wi-Fi, and then cloud uh, servers and, and apps, and uh, the whole nine yards, from hardware to software. And like I mentioned earlier, it has requires four hardware components. The ID badge, worn by, it's a wearable worn by the staff. The sensor on the uh, existing uh, dispenser. And the location hub, which is basically a receiver. And the communication hub, which is a Wi-Fi uh, gateway. So, so that's on the hardware side. So, so uh, software and firmware and apps I mentioned to you earlier already. So that's the sophisticated side. And then, the disruptive, disruptive doesn't have to be uh, sophisticated like that or complex like that. It could be as simple as I would call, I, this is bragging a little bit, but I think it could be, uh, with your help spreading the words, <laughs> could be a ring video doorbell killer. Okay. <laughs> At two orders of magnitude, it's cheaper than the ring. Yeah. Okay, it achieves 60 to 70% of what the ring does. Basically, it allows the uh, remote homeowner to ID the person in front of your house. Okay, mm, it has an active mm, camera built in, and mm, it requires Wi Fi in the home. It requires wiring uh, with electrical wires or batteries uh, to, to set up all that. And so it's costly both in hardware cost and installation cost. Whereas this is uh, NFC, which is uh, in your uh, Samsung phone or iPhone to, to help pay for your, your Starbucks, for example, right. using Apple Pay. You just tap your phone on the cashier and it will pay. So similarly, using the same uh, technologies, you can tap on it or for phones that don't have NFC reader, then you can use QR code, use your camera to scan this. And then you can instantly and anonymously get connected to your, the homeowner to identify yourself before he can either remotely unlock our other product with a smart lock or smart garage door. Okay. Or if the visitor has been assigned a, an access code, a digital access code, then he can enter by himself. Okay. Um, you know, that code to, to unlock the door or the garage door. And the third component of, our, um, of this very low-hanging fruit is not only it acts as a video doorbell that can unlock all these hardware devices, but also it acts as a virtual keypad because most uh, garage opener or, uh, or lock would have on the outside a keypad. Mm -hmm. We don't have that. 
Okay. Right. We have a virtual keypad that pops up on the phone of the visitor. Right. Therefore, we could reduce the cost of our product by significantly, right. and also reduce power, uh, battery consumption. Yeah. So yeah, that's so interesting. That's what I thought was interesting about that video doorbell. Is like it uses right. what people already have. Right. Instead of installing something, exactly. they, like you have to install, and then it's like you know, two years from now, it's like okay, well, right. like this, I don't need this anymore. What? Of course, it does. It does not have a camera built in, so it cannot actively monitor. Right. Um, you know, um, still, the, like, the bad guy in front of your right, door. Right. But one key thing that is, I, I have to point this out that why the ring video bell is not a good solution because the camera is built into the doorbell. It's within reach of the bad guy. Right. Usually, it has to be on top, on the ceiling. Okay, so the bad guy, all he has to do is within two seconds, he covers his face or, or, or whatever right. for two seconds, and he can smash uh, right. the, the, the thing. Right. Uh, so right. um, yeah. it defeats the purpose of a surveillance camera. Right. It has to be outside of people's reach. Yes, most most security cameras, like they don't have them at arm level, right? right. Like for, the, for that specific, you can't reach it. <laughs> discreetly somewhere. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so you talked about that you guys started in California, uh, is and you said that it's about having like a big team. I'm always curious to hear like how people like the teams that people have around them and how big their teams are. And so g talk about that a little bit. Like, is, is your whole team still in California and you're just out here? Uh, yeah, we are. Yeah, we are based both in California and uh, Orange County, Irvine, okay. California, and also Houston, Texas, and also Saigon, Vietnam. Originally, I was from. Uh, from Vietnam, okay. so I yeah I was able to go there and uh, uh, lecture, and then was able to to recruit uh, a few uh, okay. good people. So, do you feel like it's uh, how how is it working with like a remote team like that when you're here? Is it hard to like keep because there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on. Mm -hmm. Is it hard to like orchestrate all this stuff? Do you have people on your team that specifically are like? project managers for these things, or you're just sort of like juggling all these balls yourself? A combination of both, and you have to have you know, reliable uh, uh, people uh, helping you. Yeah, it's very demanding, because the time zones are very different, but uh, the return is that you never uh, stop. You, you, yeah, you can assign your task, and then uh, between uh, Houston and, and, and Irvine and, and Vietnam, you can, uh, you know, it's like pipelining. You, it, it, the work never stops. Yep. So therefore, we can uh, accelerate the progress of our, pro of our uh, um, project execution by quite a bit. So one of the things that I saw is you were at CES and you had someone from Google there like helping to demonstrate your products. How did you how did you make that relationship? Did they reach out to you? Did you reach out to them? How did that whole thing work? Yeah, yeah that's a long road. Uh, yes, that's a very long road to have. Uh, to luckily we have the attention of of Google uh, because we support uh, Apple HomeKit, the Siri, mm -hmm. also Alexa, but also Google. And we believe that we have three types of products that are very uh, of interest to, to Google. Currently, they are pushing on all three fronts. Uh, first of all, of course, they're Google Assistant. Okay, And also, Google is known to be the, the data company. They, they collect data. And, and via Google search, you can quickly search. Now, the, the, the next frontier is the home. They want to mine the data in the home. OK, 
Okay, so we have all these home devices, both in security. Okay, they are trying to to uh, to, to compete with uh, Alexa Guard, which is another security uh, uh, platform from, Gala, uh, from from Amazon Alexa. So uh, Google is uh, pushing hard on that front, Google Home Security also. And al also um, they have another initiative, which is the Google Health. Okay. I think in a way because they want to compete with Amazon's uh, Haven, you know, the joint venture between the Amazon, Warren Buffett and JP Morgan. Okay, okay that's a very that. big uh, joint venture. Okay. okay, so Google Health is another initiative. So we have again a smart home um, and smart uh, home health uh, products that are compatible with Google Health. Okay. And that's why I think they approach us and um, help co-brand our product at CES in January. Right. And uh, we received the news very recently that, again, they, they invited us to be part of the branding of Google Assistant uh, at the IFA in Berlin. Okay. in Germany in, on September 6th through 11th, and again in CES in Las Vegas in 2020, in January okay. uh, 2020. Yep, so this is a journey with uh, Google. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, one of the things, is that, talking about CES, that reminded me of, um, I just completely lost my train of thought now. Oh, that's what it was. Uh, talking about CES and other, like, you know, consumer electronics show, what you're working on right now uh, is, uh, you know, obviously you're you're building up this portfolio of products. But what do you feel like is sort of the pinnacle of like smart city, smart technology? Like, what are the what's your dream of what this business could be? Yes, I think the 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 the, the end goal is to have smart city. Okay, it uh, composes of all these smart uh, uh, devices and in different applications from hospitals to public health to, to security in the home and in public spaces and uh, also uh, the quality of the health of uh, all the people that uh, inhabit uh, in the smart city. So, but uh, like I said, the low-hanging fruit is up to now. If something happens in your neighborhood or uh, uh, in your home, there's no simple and cheap way for your neighbors or for the firemen or the police, okay, who arrive at your home to get a hold of you, okay, uh, anonymously. You don't have to publish your, your phone number because we talked about everything has to be connected. People have email or presence on, on Facebook or Twitter. Businesses have websites. The homes will have the smart locks and all that, okay? Right. Uh, smart things is there. But yeah. at the front of the door is a simple doorbell. Mm -hmm. Currently, there's no simple and cheap solution, both in hardware co cost and, and installation cost. Right. So I'm hoping that this will, will, will take, take off. Yeah, it's a good idea. I had that problem this very morning, actually. My doorbell's broken at my house. And my neighbor like came a couple times, and I was like, I'm working. And I didn't go downstairs. And there was no way for, her to get, for him to get a hold of me. It was good in that particular right. instance. But um, yeah, it would be nice. It is a frustrating. Well, and then, of course, I saw him later in the day. Um, but it is frustrating, you know, like to not have, because I don't want to have to install all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, 
I don't want to have to go through that hassle, but yeah, something like that is a, is a good idea. And this is not re just restricted to your doorbell or your front, at your front door. Imagine putting this on your car windshield. Again, now, uh, in case of hit and run or the car being towed or whatever happens to your car, now people, the bystanders, can, can just scan and get a hold of you, uh, you know. So I've pitched this to, uh, so Hartford is the capital of insurance companies, right. car insurance oh, companies, right. yes. Uh, so hopefully uh, they will see the need for this in, in, in lowering the liability of, of the car owners. Uh, in case of hit and run, for example, right. people can uh, can report, uh, can get a hold of the, the car owners quickly, so the guy who caused the hit and run will be liable instead of... Uh, yeah, that's so interesting that we were like talking about smart everything and then like something like this, so it's just like kind of like low tech, oh, kind, you know what I mean? Yes. Like it doesn't have to plug in or there's no battery or you know what I mean? And it's like so simple that like, it's there's so many applications I feel like for that that you know it's the same for like an iPhone right when the iPhone first came out or whatever it's like it would play music and it can make calls now they can do so much more stuff right that like people have sort of thought more about it I feel like this has the same you know I'm glad you are on board yes um, similarly just you ask about which one you think is the like the end goal um, that has most impact uh, at the silly level so if we dumb down our smart uh, hand hygiene monitoring platform in the hospital, if we dumb it down, then now in public health uh, applications, such as in restaurants, uh, restrooms, mm -hmm. you see signs that employees must wash their hands uh, after use of the restroom, but there's no way to enforce that cheaply. Right. Okay, so we could dumb down our sensors. Okay, you put the dispensers there, and now the employees are being watched. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, so two like years ago, I sent an email to uh, a letter to uh, Chipotle. Okay, and at that time they had a outbreak, E. coli right. outbreak, mm -hmm. something. So they're trying to restore their image in the publics uh, for right. the public. So I, I showed them that this is one simple way of showing that you care and you're right. taking right. some measures to do to, to yeah, crack I'm that. Always yeah. like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm always freaked out about that. You know, <laughs> you, yeah, you like see the guy, you like coming out mm -hmm. of the restroom from washing your hands and like the, right. the guy from works at the restaurant is going in there and you're like, oh, mm -hmm. is this guy gonna come mm -hmm. back and like make my food in a second? Like, I don't know. Um, okay, I have one more question for you. Um, as you started through this process, and, you know, and I'm, it's, I'll sort of speak from my point of view. Any sort of business that I go into, uh, there is a certain level that I have an idea about, and then things change, and I learn things through, like as I go through the process. So, when what's something that you've learned going through where you to where you are now that you wish you would have known before you started? Um. Is there any That's helpful a, advice yes. that you can give yourself going back like a couple of years when you were? Mm -hmm. It always takes more time and more money to execute <laughs> than you ever uh, expect. So be prepared for the long haul. So I disagree with the, the nowadays. It's, uh, this line is very popular, like go fast or go home. Right. Okay. Everybody wants to do that. Right. <laughs> but the reality is that, is that no, uh, unless you are extremely lucky and very well connected, then that can happen. 
otherwise prepare for the long haul and and uh, always expect the, the worst and be prepared for that okay. yes. mm -hmm. well, I so I never thought that uh, all this took me for almost 15 years okay. yes uh, yeah yes. all these telehealth thing I started in 2005 building the okay. team because IOT uh, I used to work for Broadcom, and the slogan from Broadcom is connecting everything. Okay. It, um, that startup, in the, uh, it was a startup in 1992, okay? So they foresaw all these uh, IoT, and at that time, it's, it's called connecting everything, okay? okay? So I also saw that uh, healthcare needs to be lower cost to be uh, affordable by a larger number of people. So IoT would help that, so telehealth. But it took us 15 years. This is an example of why I, 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 I mentioned earlier, never underestimate how long it takes you to, to okay. yes. So we saw this telehealth thing, and luckily this year it started uh, coming, um, it's, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Medicare, starting in, in January of this year, started reimbursing uh, doctors who installed these um, uh, monitoring devices, okay. Uh, about $120 per month per patient. Okay. So luckily we have started to, to, to implement this for a couple of months okay. at uh, some of our uh, patients. Mm -hmm. That's great, that's yeah, interesting. It took us almost 15 years from the time. The first, uh, when I started that team about 2005, it was, uh, our first product was a Bluetooth-based uh, pulse oximeter. Okay. okay. But uh, it was slow, we couldn't uh, compete, so we pivot. Uh, oh, another thing is uh, what I know now is uh, your plan is never the same. You have to be flexible and adaptive to pivot. So that's why I pivot to all these, from smart door locks <laughs> to go out while waiting for this 15 years to, 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 to become a reality. Yeah, that's so. one thing that I feel like uh, is romanticized a lot, right? The whole thing of just like, I came up with this idea and now I'm no. like a billionaire, right? No. Like, that's, you know, that's, you only hear the success story. Right, right, yeah, that's, a, mm -hmm. you know, like the old saying is like, you're a 15 year overnight success, you know what I mean? Right. It takes mm -hmm. a lot of like pushing the rock up the hill yeah. to just get some kind of momentum going, right? Mm -hmm. Let alone mm -hmm. like, Huge company, right. whatever, but right. it's really easy. All to, those unicorn things, right, they're right. very. <laughs> right. right, yeah, I mean, they call them unicorns for a reason, yes, right? Like, unicorns in real life don't actually <laughs> exist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, mm -hmm. and it's funny you mentioned that because um, Jeff, the person that I had on the podcast right before you, basically said the same thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and that's uh, mm -hmm. it's interesting to, to hear that reiterated. So um, how, can, how can people get a hold of you and find out more about your products? Um, uh, in Hartford, just going well, uh, yeah, up, up, like up to okay. like your website okay. or uh, Newslogic.com. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, okay. thanks so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks a lot for being here. Thanks, Justin. Yeah. Yeah.